Good evening, dear listeners, and welcome to Testify here on Eden FM. I'm Ingrid Carly Moses, and yes, another week has passed, and here we are by the grace of God once again. Um, I welcome you to the program, whether you're listening now live on Eden FM, or whether you might be tuned in sometime in the future um, on our podcast platform, which is Anchor. Welcome, and may you be blessed. So I'm going to open up in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy once again over our lives. Father God, we thank you that this moment has been predestined by you. That this conversation that we are about to have with our guest that's going to be sharing his testimony, Lord, you have already prepared long before this moment. Thank you, Lord, for his willingness to be able to share his testimony of what you have done in his life. And thank you also, Lord, for every single listener tuned in this evening. May they be touched, Lord, by what he has to say. But most of all, Lord, may they recognize you in his story. Thank you, Father, that we are able to come before you at this appointed time. And may the Holy Spirit guide us, guide his words, guide everything about this testimony according to your desired will. And may you always, Lord, be at the center of everything that you do or that we do and the center of our lives, Lord. And may your grace and mercy abound always. Please bless this radio station as well and all the work that it does in the communities and gather each listener in the palm of your hand as we proceed now with the word and with the testimony of our guest. Amen. And so, yes, here we are. And so, as I've said in my prayer, for those of you that might be tuned in the first, for the first time, Testify is a program where we testify about the glory of God. So, any guests that I have on the program, or even biblical reflections that I do in between, um, is about the glory of God. And so, this evening, it's no different. And I introduce my guest, and he is JP Percent from Cape Town, where I am located at the moment, but still broadcasting across the airwaves in the Southern Cape. And so, good evening, JP. Say hi to our listeners. Hi, everybody. My name is JP, and I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. So, this is a man of very few words, but I know he's got a lot to say. <laughs> and so, I just want to put you at ease, JP. Tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Who is JP? Where do you come from? What's your current sort of family situation or anything you want to share about yourself? The JP is for John Peter. Uh, I am 46 years old. I'm married. And my wife's name is Lydia. Uh, I have a boy. His name is Adrian Jordan. Um, I'm originally from Cirrus. Mm. Um, yeah, I grew up in Cirrus uh, and uh, matriculated there. And I think I came to Cape Town to come study at uh, UWC. And I've been in Cape Town basically ever since. Wow, UWC and you stole here. Because something must have held you in Cape Town. So let's understand what happened. So you moved all the way from Cirrus, you come into Cape Town. Was this um, the golden opportunity? What happened, JP? Share your story. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, when I listen to, to, to people's stories, a lot of people tell, uh, you know, where it all went wrong and how they came back on track. But as for me, 
my earliest memory, one of my earliest memory um, was my father was a teacher in Shiraz and he was also the treasurer. So one of my earliest memories is sneaking into his room where the money was mm. and that was me. Mm. So got into the money, you normally used to, funny enough, I would spend it on friends and all of that, and buy friends and stuff mm. like that. So that thing was always there with me growing up. People always liked me. Mm. Could get people to do all that I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was always there, academically quite fine, everything, and everything went by. I had those ways, those manipulative ways. It was always part of me. Mm. Um, get away with a lot of stuff mm. uh, by blaming other people and stuff like that. Especially if you're from a family where you were five. Mm. Uh, yeah. Lots of opportunities. So you hide under, behind somebody else. So let's say in Africa, you scale after the Anna Ina. Yeah. So um, when I finished my trick, I, I went to UWC. I studied law. I, I have a PA law degree. Uh, but that was never for me. In fact, that was never for me. Uh, I actually ended up um, working at the Ocean Basket at the waterfront. First as a waiter, and that made me much more happy. And then became the manager, and then the general manager, and I was there many years. Mm. And life was good. I got married. That would be my first wife. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I got married, and um, the thing with the the restaurant industry, it teaches you a lot about service, uh, and also about every day you meet a different face and interacting with different people and stuff like that. But also, there's a lot of stuff taking in the evening and there's a lot of drinking. Mm. And that was a big part of the problem. Mm. So, um, I, I never knew exactly when I became an alcoholic, but I did become an alcoholic. Because I, I was one that when I woke up in the morning, I first needed to have a beer. Otherwise, I, I couldn't function. Mm. So, I needed alcohol in the morning. During the day, you would uh, have your passion fruit and lemonade and your vodka. Mm. <laughs> All of those type of things to get through the day. And so obviously, as far as marriage goes, that was never going to really work because I would finish my shift and start drinking, you know, come home whenever and stuff like that. But as far as the work goes, I was actually doing very well somehow. And then um, the place did so well that it got sold. And that's where the problem really started. I think I've heard somebody say we're all about three to four paychecks away from the street. Sure. So when the place got sold, everything really fell apart because the new people could not afford my salary as it was. And there was a lot of stress at home. My ex-wife wasn't very happy with me and my ways, obviously. And mm. I really don't blame her. Let me mm. say that. I really don't blame her. I was like a black sheep kind of guy. And when that fell apart, I don't know how I came to be on the street, but I came to be on the street. I left home and I never had an intention of not coming back. But I was, I at some point became very, very depressed. Mm. And I remember I came with the bus and, and I just walked around in the city. I just walked around in the city and then I came to sit by the police station in Caledon Square. And I did the same the next day, and I did the same the next day, and then somebody showed me where places you can go eat, and I don't know the state that I was in, but I, very soon I found myself just going through the patterns of, of um, I met a friend, and he showed me where to go for your meals, showers, all of those type mm. of things, mm-hmm. and so I, 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 I found a place to sleep. Different life, I, I was never, ever, ever on the street before. Mm. 
I don't know street life. My, both my parents were teachers. I was raised fairly comfortably. My brothers and sisters, they are all teachers. And my one brother is a, a policeman. So, you know, everybody studied, everybody did well. And, you know, yeah, yeah, am I on the street? And I was very depressed. And I, I often would go sit at the waterfront overlooking the place where I used to work. And I would wonder how, how did everything fall apart? So, mm -hmm. and oftentimes people would walk up to me and say, you know, God loves you. And God was not one of my favorites. Let me tell you, I used to go to church with my parents, Sunday school, but you know, I'd get a hiding because I never wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't particularly, in church, I was the one that was watching the, the clock, the you clock, know. The witnesses kind of thing. Yeah, it was, I need to get it was painful, you know, it was painful. Um, so there was no relationship or connection or whatever. Maybe a more dislike because I used to find that um, church people, I used to find church people very judgmental and know it all and finger pointing and they would like really point out that you're going to go to hell and, you know, yeah. you're a child of the devil. I had that a lot. Sure. I, I had that one a lot. Wow. So, um, not my favorite um, cup mm -hmm. of tea, but I would hear it when I went to the street, strangely enough, a lot of people would say to me, God has a purpose for your life, God has a plan for your life, and then I would just swear to him, and then that would be the end of the conversation. Mm -hmm. However, um, in going to the, the soup kitchens, it's strange, you know? You learn so much. You learn so much about human behavior if you just sit and observe, like how I would stand in the soup kitchens and I and I would see, you know, all the different races and all the different groups. And if you're desperate enough, if you're desperate enough, you're hungry enough, mm. never say never. Yeah. I said I would never eat out of a bag. But yet one night I can remember I was sleeping by Cape Town Stadium when it was being built. Mm. So that was many years ago now. I slept there and there was a McDonald's and one night, you know, the hunger pains drove me to go to the bun and I found like a little half burger there. And I remember eating it, but I took it and I ate it, but I was crying because I was so sad about the thing that I'm doing, but still I was eating it. And I understood that desperation can, can make you do things that you should. I'll never do that. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, I've learned never to say I will never. It's mm -hmm. dangerous words. Yeah. And, um, you would go to some places and there would be places where somebody would give a word and oftentimes I would sit there and, and, and I would find that the person is looking directly at me and speaking and I would feel weird, you know, I would feel, I remember sitting uh, by the beach one day and I, and I had these thoughts of killing myself, I always had these thoughts because I was a loner, I never had friends, I had one friend, I never got involved in relationships or women, I was just by myself. Mm. Go to the soup kitchens by myself. I go to, to the library a lot. Always like I, I love the reading. Always love the reading, learning stuff. So I was always in the library uh, alone. And um, so I started to wonder about these things. Why is everybody always saying to me, you know? And whenever I got money, I was always going to the pubs and stuff like that. And then the next day I'd have the regret because now I'm I'm hung over. I got a headache. I got no money. I got no food. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things where I learned that. That I know people talk about giving responsible, responsibly, but I, I also learned that sometimes you must give that 20 rand or that 50 rand because a lot of people stop doing that thing through excess. Mm. Because each time that I did it, 
I regret the next day and the determination started to form in me, but I must change. I'm, this must stop because uh, uh, now I don't have money, I have the anger and everything. And, and each time, so, so if nobody gave, how was I going to get to that point where the determination built? So I found that as people come up, you know, I've learned that God comes down. Yes. And all of this led me to one night to go to the waterfront because that was my spot by the clock tower. And my first conversation with God basically went something like this. I was sitting there and I, I was looking up at the stars and at the sky and I was like, how do I do this? And I was like, if you are even a real God, God, if you are even a real, I will only acknowledge one thing to you. I'm a drunk. I am a drunk. And if you help me with this, I will consider what I think of you and what I say about you. And I remember I got up and I left to go home. And home for me was next to the train tracks um, in Cape Town. Area called Kulenburg. It's my safe space. Finally enough, they built a shelter there later. Yes, safe space. <laughs> wow. And that picture wow. there, you see there, that would be me. Yeah. Um, so as I was walking from the clock tower side, there was a very strange breeze that was blowing all around mm. me and it was strange and it was almost like it was following me and I was even thinking, what is this? So, but anyway, I went there, I got my car booked and I went to go sleep. Something that was with me for maybe 16 years, mm -hmm. I went to sleep with it, but when I woke up, it was gone. Sure. And I knew it was gone because it was with me for so long, Yes. but I knew it wasn't there anymore. And it was strange. In fact, it was so strange that the smell of alcohol would make me want to throw up. Wow. Any person that came to me that had the smell of it, I had to just be removed from it. Sure. So, so that was powerful. Mm. After that, I started going to any church yes. uh, because I wanted to know how to, yes. to learn. So I would go, I would learn, I would listen, I would learn, I would read. My, the books I read started changing. I started reading all of these Christian authors and, mm. and who is God, what is God about. So I had, I had many questions, mm. uh, but now I don't speak to people. So I was just forming my own conclusions. Yes. All of this led to one particular evening, and this is maybe the shift. Mm. We, we were three guys. It was me, it was Mali, and it was Michael. Now each of us had a tree. It was my tree. And you sleep under your tree, and you sleep under your tree. And it was in winter, and we were sleeping. And it's been months now for me. Where I'm not drinking, and I get on my cardboard in the evening, and I say thank you to God for the day. And I remember the guys were always laughing at me yeah. while doing that. Why are you praying to God? <laughs> they were like, so, so, and a funny thing is, Michael had 25 cats. Sure. Right, so he would, like, understand his purpose to all of these type of things. <laughs> you would gather all these stray cats and then you get there in the evening and the evening is when the sun would set because yes. then you can go sleep. The cats would be waiting for Michael and he would go scour everywhere. Those cats ate better than us. I understand that story about the prodigal son and yes. the guy wanting to eat the, the food of the pigs because yes. we would be looking at the food of the cats and like, yeah, yeah. God, you give us some of that, you know. <laughs> so, so that was just the interesting thing. Uh, so, so I wouldn't go to sleep. And somewhere in the early morning hours, I, I, I woke up and, and I, I, I saw a very strange thing. Mm. I was looking up at the sky and there was all these stars, but the stars were moving to the right. Mm. 
Ja, ah, det är nog... Det problem när jag såg det. The stars were moving to the right and I was like, this is weird. Mm. And I don't mean that. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I mean, this cannot be an elucidation from drinking. Yes. But it was fine. And I remember I put the blanket around my head. And it was something. And I pulled it off again and there was the stars still moving to the right. Mm. Like that. Mm-hmm. And there was the one star, it was brighter than all the others, and it was going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And that's when I heard a voice say to me, Sonic, don't get up now, you'll never get up. Yeah. And um, I thought about it for a moment. It didn't just, I thought about it for a moment. Mm-hmm. It was cold. Yes. It was winter. Yes. So I got up, I threw the blanket down, and I, I just started walking. I just started following the star, I don't know. Where we were, well, we were by Woodstock, close to Woodstock side, and there was a Maiseti route, and I remember I was walking that route, but I was looking up. And I can't tell you exactly how far I, I walked, like looking up, but, but at a certain point, the star became brighter and brighter, and then it stopped. And when it stopped, I was looking up at it, and I was like amazed, but I was wondering what is this all about, and then I didn't know that I was on top of a bridge. I found out later that it's part of an island bridge. Oh, wow. But I was on top of the bridge, and the next moment, the star just disappeared. Mm. But then the sun rose. Mm. And when the sun rose, people refer to it as the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I started to put my hands before my eyes and it started to shake and I started to cry. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. But I know that in my mind I saw Jesus. Yes. Later on I would read in the Bible a, a, a verse about the rise and shine for your time. Yes. And the glory of the Lord has risen mm-hmm. about you. And then I recognized, hey, but in that moment I didn't know. All I knew is, was that, that, that I'm seeing Jesus, I'm feeling Jesus, 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 everything about Jesus. And I understood in a moment how much I loved it. In a moment I knew it. And I saw a little church in my mind's eye. I saw a church, but I've never been to the church, but I saw the church. And and when the moment passed and after I stopped trembling and crying and shaking, luckily there was nobody there to witness it. Um I went straight to the church that I saw in my mind, and when I got to the place, there was a church. Yeah. It was called Faith Ministries, and I was excited, but it was closed because it was early in the morning. Yes. And I looked at the times, and I saw, okay, they're going to come back five o'clock. So five o'clock, I came back, and I was shocked when I came in to hear them speak a foreign language, mm. and I think now I know it was Lingala. I was like, where am I? You know, I come from the Anglicans. <laughs> come from the Anglicans and we kneel and pray and we wish each other peace and all of that. And where am I? Because these people are. But then I was reminded about the scripture card that I had in my pocket because the week before, we used to go on a Sunday. Sunday was the day where you get lots of food. On the street, yeah, you can just go. Yes. And we had a place called we call it in times 11 o'clock. You go 11 o'clock here, there's a preacher from yes. Mitchell's plane. He comes there, he gives you some acne, but then you must listen to the word. And on one particular day, that particular day, they gave us little scripture cards, and my mom said, Consequently, 
Uh, so for another plans I have for you. Yeah. Uh, that was one, and you're excited when you see something yes. like that. And but on the other side of it, it said, uh, um, consequently, we're no longer foreigners, Malaysians, but we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. And I went to one o'clock, and we were like a hundred people there. And on the same day, this has never happened before in the two and a half years that I've been studying. This guy also gives scripture cards. Yes. And what's strange was I got the exact same scripture cards. Yeah. And when I walked into the church, I took it out. Consequently, we're no longer foreigners and aliens, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And they, when I walked into the church, the pastor stopped preaching. And he called me to the front and he said, I've been waiting for you. And the funny thing is, when I was on the bridge. I want to just stop you there, JP, because I think this is a very important part of the conversation and your testimony. I want to go to a song now. And we come back because that really seems to me, you know, that scripture card walking into that church and the 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 the, the pastor identifying you, I think is a turning point. Let's just listen to our first song at this point, dear listeners. What an interesting story. I'm hanging on to JP's words here. For someone that does says he doesn't speak much. Wow, you truly have a good story to tell. So our first song is going to be don't worry about the thing by Bob Marley. And this song, JP, if I remember you telling me, was a song that was like, when you were on the street, for some reason, this was also just a tune, something that was familiar to you and sort of guided you on that, you know, in the space. And a, a song that really got that yinky, that tune that's in your head. So let's not worry about the thing, but let's hear what happened to JP once he walked into that church. We're going to listen to the song now. And I will continue the conversation when we come back. Welcome back, my listeners, listening to Testify on Eden FM, your voice in paradise. I'm Ingrid Kylie Moses, and my guest this evening is JP Percent. And what a story he has to tell. What a testimony, you know, every part of it. And uh, I'm like hanging on to his words here. Just the, how so many things we read in scripture um, became a reality and a revelation for him from the star leading him from you know just the smell of, of of alcohol turning him into repulsiveness of leaving alcohol just like that because of him calling out to the lord but even just where we stopped before the song uh, jp you were, you were talking about this card that you you got at the church service the week before um and then you you know saw this 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 verse what was it again say what it was Ephesians 4 or 13 I think uh, mm -hmm. consequently we are no longer foreigners and aliens but we are all brothers and sisters in Christ that's it we are all brothers and sisters in Christ so you walk into this church you say they're speaking a foreign language you're not understanding what it is but the pastor looks directly at you like he knows you what happened in that instance? What was going on then? Well, he called me to the front and then he, he said some words to me. Uh, and the funny thing is, the words that he said was the words that, that was whispered to me on the bridge. <laughs> when I saw the church, I heard these words, at this place I will restore you, I will deliver you and set you free. And, and, and when he called me, he says he has a word for me. God says I'm at the right place at this place. He will restore me, deliver me, and set me free. And then, you know, I just started crying because sure. it's been long. Two and a half years on the street is long. Consecutively, it's long. It's two winters, three summers. It is long. Sure. Um, and there's many days where you have and many days that you don't have. 
and there's cold and there's bone cold. So you go through all of those mm. those things. And some people, many people don't survive that. Yeah? Yeah, many people yes. don't survive. But I've come mm. to learn also in doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. So I was there for quite some time. I attended that church, but I, I remained on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the funny thing is I would come on a certain Sunday to church and I'd have to give up all that food I could so get. So many times you would, you would the Friday um, lunchtime would be your last meal until Monday afternoon because now you're going to church on a Sunday and church, you know, they don't give food. They <laughs> give other food. But, so you have to make that choice and stuff like that. But it was a good choice to make. So, so I was there for a long time and I remember I got even frustrated because now I'm walking, I'm playing everything, I'm doing what the people are saying, but everything just remains the same. I remember one morning we used to go five o'clock in the morning to service dining room and you can get a cup of coffee for 10 cents. Huh? So it was like early five o'clock. Um, and it also started raining and I remember I was so frustrated. I was shouting at God, when is this all going to end? You know? And instead of being like, don't worry, JP, I, 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 I heard the following words because I had my beanie on. Remove your cap when you're speaking to me. And I stood in the middle of the road, there was no noise, and I took my cap off, and and I never had it on again. Like, if I pray, if I speak to God, uh, that, or speak about God, I, uh, I don't have it on because I, I won't forget that moment. Wasn't too nice. <laughs> uh, and I remember also just with that song, you know, I I, I have been at eaten for two days and I'd be worried like when am I gonna get because it was five cents mm. for a meal. Sure. Mm. I promise you many times I didn't have five cents. Yeah. Because I never I could never open my hands and ask mm. for money. Mm. So that's tough if you can't do that. Mm. So you basically have to look on the ground or or just trust that somebody's gonna put something in your hand or mm. stuff like that. And I remember I was so down because now I'm going there and I don't have five cents. <laughs> and and I remember I was so down and I had this song come across the wind. Don't worry. Mm. You know? Yes. About a thing. And that's why the song stayed with me. It stayed mm. with me. It mm. wasn't even my thought that song, you know, but it, it, it was there. And to wrap that up, um, I was praying and then one morning the Lord told me that today I must fast now. I mean, like, you know. Oh my goodness me, you're not eating at all. <laughs> so, so, uh, or what happened was when I, when I went with my friend to the service dining room, he went to go inside and eat, and I was just laying outside on the grass, and that's how I met Pastor John. Um, because he told me years later, he didn't tell me then, he told me years later, he was moved that day because God told him he must come and fetch his child. But I know he was confused because when he was standing there and he was looking, because now I'm not inside, I'm outside because yes. I'm fasting. So yes. I'm basically the only one that's laying there and he's looking around. And finally he comes over to me and he, and he introduces himself and, and, and he says, I said, my name is JP. He says, do you need a place to stay? Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a difficult decision for me. Because with the street comes lots of freedom, mm-hmm. lots of non responsibilities. Absolutely. Um, but I knew. I did not instigate this, and uh, if I if I wanted the stuff that I was hoping for and praying for, I was going to have to do this. So I said to him, yes, and then he offered me a place, and I went with him, small little shelter, and I was immediately worried, as soon as I got to shelter, I'm going to pay. 
but luckily there were some duties and, and, and I went from a restaurant manager to toilet cleaner mm. seven days a week, two times a day and it was leaking. Mm. It was you know, it was the worst. Yeah. I would get in there and the water would be to my knees, you know. It was it was it was it was not nice and I, I became very frustrated in there. And the funny thing is I knew I had to do it. Yeah. But as soon as I, I'm at peace with the fact that I had to do it, suddenly the old boss comes back out of nowhere. You know, yes. I have this opportunity for yes. you. You can earn the money that you used to earn. And I was like thinking, oh, wow. But then I knew I had to do the toilets. And so yes. I said I said no to it. And that was a difficult decision. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I'm also so happy that I did. So I did that for a lot of months. Yes. Um, and then one day, I was so angry mm. doing this stuff after all these months. And there was a men's toilet and a woman's toilet, and both was flooded on this particular day. And I'm standing there so depressed because everybody looks down on you, even at a shelter, because where they have work and you don't work, you be basically become the skibby, you do mm. the pots, you do mm. the beds, you like the maid there running around, <laughs> and you're the lowest. And now I'm cleaning the toilets and everything, and, and I'm standing there, and this young guy from Zimbabwe, so he comes in there, he said, both toilets is flooded. I'm going to help you today. I say, why are you going to help me? He says, ah, oh, but this is a double anointing. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. You're laughing now. But for some reason, I believed him. Yes. I said, no, you're going to help me. I started cleaning the toilets with a smile. I was wiping the windows like Jesus was going to use this bathroom himself. Yes. I was doing everything. It took me a few hours, but finally I was done. When I was done, I was sitting there, and, and I had to go down. Then it was the same day the manager came back and said, how long have you been doing this? I said, uh, quite a few months. He said, I apologize. You shouldn't have been the only one to do this, uh, but you're done. You'll never do this again. And that was also the same day that I became the supervisor of the place. So there I learned that God can actually take you up quick. But you gotta, the, you gotta, you gotta do some stuff and, and, and whatever. And just reminds me of Joseph when Joseph was thrown into jail and what he had to do there, you know, for all those years. Um, and God used him in that space before He elevated him from that space. Wow, JP. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, so. I can just see it. You know, that yeah. elevation um, because you were obedient. And even with the struggles within you. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult when everybody's eating a Gatsby and a Coke and you don't have nothing. <laughs> difficult. Yes. Difficult, yes. really. I can, I can say it, was, it wasn't easy. But I knew there was something, something more. There was a church in Clove Street. We used to go there with Pastor Johnny. He was not a pastor, but in the street we call you like we see you. So he was Pastor Johnny, and he would he would do a meal on a Wednesday, and then he would give a word. But it was nice because he didn't like speak from; he just spoke to you mm -hmm. uh, for 15 minutes. Or so and then you get a meal, and I like doing it. Meal was good. <laughs> I think when they say people come home, they're like, "No, you come for the food." Um, but I remember he left and he went on holiday and somebody else came. I should have known his name was Pastor Israel. <laughs> and he was standing there speaking down to us, telling us, you know, we deserve what is happening. We should repent and we are sinners and all of that. 
I remember I was walking in the court and advising me. I was like, but you don't have a right to speak to me like that. You, you, there's no way that you can, can, can say these things and think it's okay for you to say it. Even if I am hungry, even if I want that food, I'm not going to leave. So I left. I didn't cause a scene. I just left. But I remember as I was walking down the street, I was upset that somebody thought it was they had the right to speak to you like that. Mm. And I remember looking up and saying to God, why don't you give me a soup kitchen? I'm sure I can do a better job than this. Just give me a soup kitchen. <laughs> I didn't know. I just said thank you. I just said thank you to Pastor Israel, right? I should thank you. Because I, that was an answer to it. Yeah. Um, and now the soup kitchen and thing came about. We still don't know today how this building became. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it came up, mm-hmm. I, I, we walked here, and, and my first thing I said to, to Pastor John, you know, I have a soup kitchen there. And he said, but we didn't have money. We didn't yes. even have nothing. You yes. know, the, the little shelter itself, there was no money. We mm-hmm. were just eating pulses, pulses, and we got there, bucket <laughs> by some place. Yes, yes. Um, and, and here's the funny thing, you know, with the first meal, I knew I was going to start it. I started on a Wednesday. I said, every week to tell people I'm going to start this kitchen, only one person came. Uh, and I had to invite him from the park. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. So, so wow, JP, again, you know, the story is taking so many twists and turns, but it is so exciting. Just going to go to a sound break again, and we come back, we're going to speak about the soup kitchen, because as you're saying, it was an answer to you, actually, that audacity <laughs> of calling out to God. And God says to you, well, you are actually, you're calling me out, I'm going to give you what you're asked for. Listeners, you're going to listen to our next song called The Anchor Holds by Ray Bob. Welcome back to your listeners. You're listening to Testify on Eden FM, your voice in paradise. JP and I are having such a fantastic conversation and I can't tell you how I'm just enjoying his story and just how God over and over uh, revealed himself to JP, even through all the struggles and through JP's um, stubbornness, but also through his audacity to call out to God and say, you know, why don't you give me um, a soup kitchen when he wasn't satisfied with what he was receiving? So JP, as you said, you call out to God, you you actually did God in this. I'm not saying that that's how we should operate, dear listeners. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's your story. It was your moment with God. Um, but God came through. I mean, like you said, you 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 spoke to your pastor, you saw this building, and now we are where we are at the moment, actually having this, you know, this recording in this actual building. What happened? How did God come through? Yeah, it's an amazing building. Mm. Um, well, the, the, the people that was here before, I don't know what happened over there, but the building became vacant and it became kind of abandoned and everybody mm-hmm. like, uh, it's owned by the Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, there was a lot of bad things happening. Yeah, and so they did need somebody to, to come and, 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 and look after the place and stuff like that. And I suppose that's how it came about. Ten years ago, it wasn't like it was today. It was quite dilapidated and there was no security gates and fences. It all came through the years. But the funny thing with the, with, the, with, the, with the first meal was we didn't have stuff, but this uncle gave us, he worked at a bakery and he gave me a, like a blue bag full of 
bread rolls, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we had an old box of fish face mm -hmm. uh, somewhere. And so the, 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 that was the first meal made with that and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I never connected, the same like you spoke about Joseph, I never connected it till many years later I was in a taxi. And uh, out of nowhere I heard this, this whisper. So how, how did that loaves and fishes work out for you? And, and it was amazing because it, it truly struck me that, that we've gone from one meal per week to feeding every day, like breakfast, um, uh, you do lunches, you do late lunches, and over all these years we've, we've never not done a meal, and, and, and then the meals are fantastic meals because also the process that you go through the streets you, the main thing, the main thing that, that, that people want is dignity, mm -hmm. and, and 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 many people in the in the in the ignorance and even in the goodness, they don't know that certain things that you do. People always come and then they do stuff and then they want to take a photo mm -hmm. of the thing. I don't know why, but yes. they do. Yes. And you're sitting there eating, and then people take a photo of you eating, but you have a family out there. Yes. And, 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 and the fact that people don't ask, yes. I often felt that that was when I felt at my worst. Mm. The fact that you don't have a say because you want this plate of food, yeah. but they want the picture to prove that this is the thing that they did. And so, 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 or you go to the soup kitchen and then, then many times people will look at who they're serving. Mm based on what plate you're going to receive, or I'll be like, okay, I'm third in line, third in line gets a big piece of cake, right? <laughs> and you get there, third in line, and then he looks at you, and he cuts under the cover and he gives you a biscuit, yes. because that cake is reserved for the yes. friend that he knows, and stuff like that, how it made you feel. So many of those are the things that, that, that now we're doing, like the coffee, it's needed in the morning. Uh, um, and everything is the same. The meals is prepared the same. It's just in advance. People don't queue because we serve at the table. All of those type of things is for, for dignity uh, and, and privacy mm -hmm. and all of it. Because what I have learned is that there comes a moment. There comes a moment where conviction comes, whether it comes through a friend or whether it comes through a pastor or whether it comes through a stranger, but where conviction comes and where lives is changed. But, but for some it takes a short while and for some it takes much longer. Yeah. And like you said, for some it never happens. Yes. But, but, but until that moment comes, until your moment comes, you still have to live. You must have a meal. Yeah. You must have a shower. You must have all of these type of things. and, and and, and and love and dignity, I don't think people is aware of their body language. I don't think people is aware that the things that you remember is when you walk in and people see you come, mm -hmm. they go walk on the other side of the road because they think you're going to ask for something, and some do, but not all of us mm -hmm. do. Um, and how those things stay with you. When did, when did I become like this? You know, when, is, when, when did the situation become so bad that people don't even want to walk on the same side of the road as me? Um, and, 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 and I'm happy now because those are the things that, that, drive, that drive me. Yes. Um, when, I came, when I went onto the street, I didn't believe in God. When I came off the street, everything was gone. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to. I wanted to, to change my life. I wanted to do things things different. 
Um, and I thank God for giving me the opportunity after 10 years. It's a privilege to do this thing. And you know, we know you in the will of God is the enjoyment that you have in doing it, the excitement that you have in doing it. The, you're still like making a pot of food and are you enjoying it? That's very important. <laughs> are you enjoying it? So you give your best. There's, the stuff is on the inside of you because if I look back at my childhood, I was taking that money to buy stuff for other people. Never so much for me. You know, and, and I, I believe that is, that is, that is what, what, what God sees. You know, God sees the good side of the thing yes. and He doesn't focus so much on uh, uh, the bad side of the thing. Um, and it, it is amazing how, how, I don't know, sometimes I'm, I'm amazed by, by, by God where I am now. You know, you talked about Joseph, right? Mm. And, and I often hear people say Joseph was a dreamer, yes. stuff like this, and, and that. When I look at that story, I don't see that. I see the guy was a manager, mm. you know, and that was the thing. He managed in his father's house, mm. he managed in Potiphar's house, he managed in the jail, he managed in the country, and that was the thing. And I've learned this thing. If you can do the thing that is on the inside of you, that God gave you, even if you do it on a small scale, even if you just do it for a few hours a day, even if you just do it in one building, I think makes you able to cope. It gives you some sort of freedom to continue because you are doing the thing that you were meant to do. And I, I know at, at Ocean Basket, that was the restaurant mm -hmm. I was, I was, I was did my internships and everything. But my first table that I served, I can never forget, it was table number 44. Wow. <laughs> and it was a young couple from Joburg, and, and, and he had a fish and soup, and she had tinkler. Sure. And, and I had a bottle of two ocean soap in bank. How many years ago was that? I can't remember. 18 years ago, 19 years ago. And, and, and the bowl was 250, and they took me 200 rand. And I said, God was trying to tell me now I'm not this issue, because when I served them, it was yes. the first time I felt like this is me. Yes. This is this is who I am. Yes. Um, and 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 it's always been like that. Mm -hmm. I see now when I look back at my childhood, it's always been there. It's always been like that. Yes. Um, so I don't know mm -hmm. about what the future with the future world, but 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 I am speaking to you, mm -hmm. and I've spoken to many people over this. Imagine imagine sleeping next to a tree. And next to the train tracks and you all that is in your mind is if you can get a little room somewhere and a 350 rand that is if you can buy some stuff that is enough people are getting 350s now <laughs> but but that is enough for you that is okay for you you can live with that mm. but then god has another dream for you Absolutely. right um and 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 you go from standing in the lines by the soup kitchens and and I, I don't count, right? But it has been thousands and thousands and thousands of meals and mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of people uh, that I've met along the way. And people have come from all over the world, from Germany, Sweden, Norway, America, yes. wherever you call the UK. Yes. And, and your life is so small. And then your life becomes so big. Sure. And people are following you from the side of the world. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Mm -hmm. We have never written to any organization to ask for donations. Wow. 
it has never been because i understand one thing this is god's place it is god's house and you are merely the manager you are merely you are merely you are merely yes. that yes um and and it's amazing how he provides for his children it is amazing how he has provided for me mm. um yeah no absolutely wow jp again i i just Listeners, honestly, JP's story is touching me so today on so many levels, and I hope that it is for you too. We're going to go to a song now to just reflect on this. Um, when we come back, we're going to just close off um, the conversation with JP. The song is Isaiah's Song, and it's featuring Chandler Moore, and it's a Maverick City song. Enjoy. Welcome back to your listeners. You're listening to Testify on Eden FM. Uh, I'm Ingrid Kylie Moses and um, phew, what a testimony by my guest this evening, JP Percent. And JP's telling or shared with us about his, his life, um, how he ended up on the streets, what happened to him when he encountered God there, um, the journey from there to where he is now, where he's running a soup kitchen in Salt River in Cape Town, and just how God has used every aspect of his life from a young child um, to actually to you, the anointing and that's truly what I want to call it the anointing of the work that he does every single day. JP before we went to that song um, you were just saying you know that this is what you do every day and how God has led you and not a cent you've had to ask for and how God has used the, you know things about that you re recognize about yourself from childhood to where you are now. Just to leave the listeners with motivation in this last sort of three to five minutes, what would you say is the one thing that you have recognized about God and how he's worked in your life that you want to say to listeners to give them hope? The thing with God is this. God loves surprises. <laughs> Oh, when the word says no eye has seen and no ears have, no mind can conceive the things that God has prepared for those who love him, it says I'm going to surprise you. And I understand that because, you know, as a parent, um, the child is not allowed to open the gift because we want to be there. And the main thing we want to see is the expression on their face because that is priceless. And that's why I know God... Uh, loves surprises just to see that joy and that expression on his children's faces and stuff like that so so yes god has surprised me a lot and what i can say is sometimes it gets dark and it gets very dark and and then the, you, you just don't see no way that that you can make it and 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 it is true one thing is true you gotta keep walking you you got to keep walking. Um, um, change comes as you keep walking. Uh, you walk into those things that God has prepared for you. Um, it's difficult. And some days you don't feel like getting up. And many times, um, especially when you when you know you are where you are supposed to be. But when, 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 when I opened this place, what I didn't say was many times there really wasn't anything. And I was stressed about how am I going to give a meal? I don't have rice. And each time there would be a knock on the door and somebody would say, I have all this rice. Can you use it? I have this bread. 
can you use it? And it would be just in time. And I understand today that in order to do certain things, the key thing that you need is faith. But that is something God teaches you. He teaches you not to worry. He teaches you not to fear. Uh, when I went into the street, I was so fearful. When I came off the street, the fear was no longer that overpowering, overwhelming thing. The people say, or the Bible says, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. It's the beginning of wisdom. Mm. But trust mm. and obedience to God is wisdom. And, and, and if you have a voice, if you have something that is motivating you to do something, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't make sense, you should do it. To wrap up, like, when I was at that church, I always used to look for five cents and five cents so I could put it in the offering. Because I was afraid what people would say, especially in the church, the pressures you have from the street to be in a church is heavy. And, 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 and one day the Lord asked me, why are you giving? And I had to be honest and say, because I want the people to see that I'm giving. And the Lord said, don't give. And so I had to not give for months and months. And finally, one day I was sitting with my five cents that I was going to use the Monday. I was very really excited because I didn't eat. Yeah. And the Lord said, give me your five cents. I said, I can't give you my five cents. <laughs> I'm hungry. You know, you say, I don't need to give. Said, give me your five cents. I got up, I threw it in there. I was so angry because I'm so hungry. I went to go sleep and in the morning I put this thing on my head. And I remember I wrote it off like, what work? How's working? And Michael was like, oh, you're going to get money, you're going to get money. And I, I was like, come on, man. But a thought entered my mind immediately. I must go to SARS. And I was like, let me just do that. Mm. And I went to SARS. And you know that there was a few thousand <laughs> for me. And I was like, when did that money happen? Was it when I put the five cents in or was it before? And I knew it was after I released that five cents. It didn't make sense. It didn't yes. make sense. Yes. Many, many, many of the things of God just don't make sense. Trust and obey. Oh. That is, that is what I can say. Thank you so much, JP. And what a wonderful note to just leave um, this testimony on. Dear listeners, I hope that you've been as encouraged as I have and never give up hope. Trust and obey, regardless of your circumstances. JP, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to close off in a short prayer um, over you, dear listeners, and over JP as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, once again, I'm just blown away, Lord, by your grace. I'm blown away, Lord, by how you have worked in JP's life over all these years and how he's been called to this moment, Lord, to share it so that it may save somebody else's life. I pray over every listener that has heard this testimony this evening and will continue to, to hear it in the future via podcast, Lord, because that would be once again your ordained moment. Thank you for your anointing over us, Lord. Thank you just for your grace that you show upon us, Lord, as human beings, even though many a times we don't deserve it. Thank you, Lord, that we can glorify you through stories such as JP's. Please bless our listeners, dear Lord, and keep them in the palm of your hand. And we trust, Lord, that you will come 
when the time comes for you to do what you need to do in everyone's life. And I pray that over every listener this evening who's praying for themselves or praying for someone else, Lord, that your glory will come. Thank you, dear Lord. Amen. Amen. Good night, dear listeners. Until we meet again next time. God bless.